Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wes and Walker Show. Happy birthday to you. All right, sing it, boy. It's Wes and Walker. Oh, I like that. Okay. Do that again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Happy birthday to you. Is that all right? Mm, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Me and Stevie. Like this. On a Friday, it's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. One more hour to go before we help get you to Kyle, and then we get you to the weekend here on WFNZ. I did want to revisit the question we had two segments ago. We were talking about Thursday night football, Philadelphia. They win, not as big as I thought against Minnesota, but kind of it felt like one of those dominant performances, except that the score was closer than what I felt the gameplay dictated. That's what happens when Minnesota turns it over like three, four times. They fumbled constantly. Justin Jefferson had the big old fumble that went out of bounds in the end zone. And maybe we set up camp there real quickly. Is that the worst rule in sports? Because that's always a conversation once that happens. And people call that the worst rule in all of sports. When you fumble it, it goes out of the end zone. And then the other team gets it on the 20-yard line. Yeah, I mean, who that's that's very interesting. I saw the Justin Jefferson play last night, and I think there should be a penalty though for fumbling it out of the end zone because I don't know how you rule it any other way. Like, what would you say? We're gonna put it at the one. Like, how do you govern something like that? A play like that happening? I don't love it. It just feels like it's a different way that it's played once you get to the end zone. If you fumble it anywhere else on the field, if it goes out at the 30-yard line, then you get it back at the 30-yard line. But if you fumble it and it goes out of the end zone, it goes to the other team, it feels like we could have a little bit more consistency. I think if you're stupid enough to fumble it out of the end zone, well, you should be penalized. But, for it. but that's but that's that's always the thing, right? Don't fumble. Everybody says, well, don't fumble the football. Right. And, you know, right. Should we just Especially, give him, should we give the other team the football no matter if you fumble or not so if you fumble the football right at the 30 yard line and it goes out of bounds should the team just get it because hey they fumbled the football with that kind of logic well to me that's why i think it's a little think, ridiculous yeah i mean i could see that but i think it's just a little bit different when you're talking about a scenario where you know what's at stake here this is the biggest objective of the game is to score a touchdown and if you fumble it in that area i think it should be some penalties because i don't know like i said how you govern it if you fumble it out of the end zone what do you do just place the ball at the one yard line like what do you do and i think that's why for the life of me i don't understand why players still want to stick the ball out in traffic when they're getting ready to score please stop which for sure justin didn't even do that he just outright fumbled it but you're right that is something that you shouldn't do and i think coaches coach it that way for a reason if it's anything but fourth down then don't reach the football over the goal line. I was just going to ask, too, is it Hornets Day on NBA TV? They're going again? now they're showing the game from the pandemic when they played the Kings, and I think this is the game Terry Rozier uh, hit the game oh, no. winner. Yeah, oh. because I think this is the game they won an award for. Oh, this is in Sacramento, though. That game happened in Charlotte. So, so I'm going to tell you what I think this game is. 
I think this is. Oh, I, I saw the caption, but I forgot. It says something about Melo and something else. Fitty, you know what this game is? I think PJ Washington goes off for forty. Is, is this the one that got you on the the, the wagon of paying him like some twenty eight million dollars a year? And so this also might be Malik Monk saving the day as well, oh. having a monster fourth quarter alongside. This is the Walker Mail game, if there's ever been a Walker Mail game, mm. because PJ and Malik go crazy in this one. I believe that's this contest. I'm not sure though. Either way. If you're interested in the Charlotte Hornets today, go to NBA TV and just live in even recent nostalgia. It's very weird. All right. I didn't want to go back to the question I asked two segments ago. Most unstoppable play in sports because we're seeing it right now with Philadelphia. If they get within one yard of a first down or a touchdown, they're going to hand it off to Jalen Hurts. There's zero disguise. They line up in what is a crowded victory formation where the running backs are so behind, like right behind the quarterback and they just push Jalen Hurts on into the end zone or over the first down marker and they can't stop it. The offensive line is too good. Jalen Hurts is too good and too big of a rushing QB. And then once you get that added help from the running backs, there's just no way to stop it. So a few people were writing in. Big Juice had a couple of great texts on the text line. Jackie Moon, the alley-oop, that's a great one. And also... The Flying V in Mighty Ducks. I also contributed Knuckle Puck. A couple of unstoppable plays in sports history. Paul said, the most unstoppable player I ever saw in person was Bruce Smith in hockey, Wayne Gretzky. 704, the annexation of Puerto Rico. Yes, another great play. Patrick in Huntersville said, most unstoppable play in sports history is giving Michael Jordan the ball in the high post. You can't stop it. You just have to hope that, that it misses somehow. I got a couple here too, Wes, if you wanted to go over it. Okay. A couple of the unstoppable plays that I've ever seen, or I think that are in sports history. The Kareem Skyhook, the Tush Push is there. I put that in there. What about Fitty's podcast? Four Corners. Is that an unstoppable play, Fitty? Is that why they banned it and now you have it as a podcast, but you can't run it anymore? Yeah, I can't confirm. All right. That's a good one. Uh, the Dream Shake, Word to Hakeem, and the Shaq Drop Step. Ask Chris Dudley about that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Once he gets to the point where he's dropping that foot back, it's it's a wrap. I would go with, uh, in football, it seems like the good old spider 2 Y banana where you fake it with the play action and <laughs> so throw it good. to the tight end, especially inside the five. It seems like it never fails because the defense is in such a conundrum. They have to worry about if you're really going to run it or not. Guys sell out, and the tight end always seems to be wide open. James from North Charlotte. I'm going to have to read this one in the words of Herman Boone. Fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse. Let me repeat. (laughs) Fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse. That is an unstoppable play. Skyhook, we're getting the Tim Duncan bank shot. Yes. Yeah, that was ill. The Tebow jump pass. You know, watching Swamp Kings... It felt like it had to be their moment for the Tebow jump pass because it was the first time we hadn't seen anything like it. But going back in the year of 2023 and watching it, eh, it didn't look very good to me. I like what uh, Timmy Twofinger said, too, talking about Cam at the one. That was hard to deal with. Man, Green knew yep. you knew Cam was going to run it in and there wasn't much you could do about it. Uber Steve Iverson crossover. Very good one there. We're getting a lot of them in here. 704-570-9610. James from Concord. People did ru- like running that Philly special. That's for sure, too. And uh, 704, last one. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. 
every time. What is that? That's Anchorman reference. Oh, okay. And I do love Anchorman. I've seen that, but that did not ring a bell. <laughs> okay. All right. Those are some of the unstoppable plays that we can go through here. You can feel free to text in again. 704-570-9610. All right. Uh, here we are talking about some of the Panthers matchups that we got going on. Let's focus on the rest of the NFC South. What kind of statement would a Falcons win over Green Bay send to the division here, Wes, with them kicking off at 1 o'clock? Uh, I would think it would show that at minimum they are formidable. Uh, we don't know what the story is going to be on Green Bay just yet, but we do know we like what we saw from Jordan Love in that opening game, and he looks like he's going to be a more than capable replacement of Aaron Rodgers throwing for 245 with three scores. So I think if Atlanta can go in there, we know the Packers have a lot of talent on defense, especially how they get it done. I think if you see more explosiveness from the passing game, you see more from Kyle Pitts, you see more from Drake London, you see Desmond Ritter look like a quality NFL quarterback, I think that makes the statement more than anything. So if you look at the Saints, I think people agree with their people agreed that they would win the division because their schedule doesn't look that hard it might even look even easier if you expect the minnesota vikings to continue to lose the way they have through the first two weeks of the season but if you look at the falcons they have this game against green bay they play on the road against detroit they play at home against jacksonville but then it starts to ease up for them here are the next few games after that the Texans at home, Washington at home, Tampa on the road, Tennessee on the road, Minnesota at home, Arizona on the road before then you face the Saints and the Jets. That is a large chunk in the middle portion of your season where you have a lot of easier games in the NFL. And so if they beat Green Bay, Wes, if they start off 2-0 and and they're not even in the easiest portion of their schedule at that point, the hard game against Detroit and Jacksonville, this is going to be the hardest three-game stretch that they have in the entire season. So you have a Saints-Jets-Buccaneers matchup, but we know the Buccaneers. I don't expect them to be for real. Here in Carolina, Colts, Bears. This is what the NFC South is blessed with. They have easy schedules. And if you are a talented football team, which the Saints have a quarterback that you can trust enough, and they have a wide receiver trio that I think is going to be very good on top of a Jawan Johnson. I like it tight end. And you look at the Falcons. They've got a lot of skill positions. It's all about whether their quarterback can hold up. Yeah, it's if, if they can start off 2-0, and then you're going to set yourself up real well to maybe even win this division and make a wild card run at the end of it. I did want to ask about Derek Carr, too, because, of course, he's going to be playing Carolina on Monday night. And you asked the question here, do you think there's a chance that Derek Carr will make Carolina regret not paying him. Is there any situation where that would happen this game and, of course, this season that uh, you would regret not just going after Derek Carr instead of trading up for Bryce Young? No, I don't think so because the move in the league right now is you have a cheap quarterback and try to win a Super Bowl within that window. The Panthers have one of the brighter young prospects at the position to come into the league in a while. So, no, I, I don't think there's much that could happen unless Bryce Young looks like a complete bust. And Derek Carr looks dominant for the Saints. But other than that, I don't think anybody's going to be regretting not bringing him in, especially when you have a young, promising prospect. Don't know if there's any way that happens. I, I mean, the, the regret would have to entail Bryce Young being bad. And if that were to happen, then you might just want to go draft a different quarterback instead. It wouldn't make you change. Hey, I wish we would have paid $30 million annually to a Derek Carr or whatever he got. It would be maybe we should have drafted Anthony Richardson or a C.J. Stroud if those guys looked better. But you have to go a bunch of different steps to get to a place where you regret not paying Derek Carr.
All right, so if the Tampa Bay Bucks, if they start 2-0 here, Wes, is that when you would consider them a contender within the division? Because it's not like they have a hard opponent against the Chicago Bears in Week 2. Uh, no, I would not. Because, like I said, the NFL season is very long, very long road for all of these teams. And if Tampa started 2-0, it would be a surprise start. But we've seen teams start 3-0, 4-0, and then go down into the dumps after that. So, Tampa, I'm still not trusting the personnel that they have as far as Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And so, again, it's all about the optics. How does it look? Is Baker Mayfield playing really great football and they get this win? Okay, then that might be something to raise your eyebrow. If he comes out and goes 250, 300 yards, two, three, four touchdowns, then I think maybe there's some concern there if you're a Carolina fan. But other than that, no, a 2-0 start still won't make me – uh, tag them with the contender label just yet. Defense is for real. I cannot be scared of this offense, though. This is going to be one of those teams that if it's competitive, then it's going to be a real low-scoring game And because I, I do trust that side of the ball, but I'll never trust that offense that's to put I a say, ton of points up. That's why I say you say that unless they come out and drop 30-plus and yeah. Baker Mayfield is lighting it up and playing with that confidence again. If we see Baker get to talking trash and doing some of the antics that he's known to do, <laughs> that might be a problem. Well, and this goes back to what Couch Coach Kyle had on the text line when we were asking for most unstoppable plays. He said, Baker Mayfield throwing interceptions last year. You could not stop it. He was going to throw an interception. So that's one of the more unstoppable plays. Let's move on. What game has the most intrigue outside of the division within the NFL this upcoming weekend? Also, Jeff Taylor of Bay Hackle Sports going to join us to talk about the high school scene. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're still getting some good, unstoppable plays in sports history. 704 wrote in, Larry Bird's fadeaway was untouchable. I believe that was Jeff writing in. You like the fadeaway mentioned in there? Yeah, man. Larry Bird, that was hard to deal with. I believe back in the day on the EA Sports games, they had, uh, like, when you talk about Bulls versus Lakers and Lakers versus Celtics and things like that, those games, that might be a little bit before you guys, but... Each player had a move that if you went to a certain area of the court, they would just do it automatically. And so Larry Bird's was the fadeaway three. NBA Live had that, 2008, and Steve Nash, Vince Carter. A lot of them were at the mid-range, though. A lot of them were overlap, but yeah, a lot of them would, would have that same thing. Joe from Fort Mill, most unstoppable play, the Praying Mantis Kick by Karate Kid. It's an excellent one. You like that one, Wes? Pray, or, or Praying Mantis from Karate Kid? Yes, I do. Yes, gave you that work. 
iconic move right there. And it's a great celebration. That's one of my favorite celebrations. I really enjoyed when Alabama was doing that. Joe Gibbs Jr. said the fridge plunge. Had a couple people write about the fridge plunge. Uh, Possum. Oh, yeah. Who's stopping that? Nobody's stopping The fridge. Who's who's going to make the decision to step in front of a 350, 360-pound man at full speed? Not me. Come on now. I'm not doing that. Uh, Possum Brian. Marshawn Lynch. Except when you need a touchdown to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Every other time at the one-yard line, he's unstoppable. But you know what? They had struggled that season running the football from inside the five. And I know that was one of the decisions that led to Pete Carroll doing that, even though I know it was the obvious choice. But they said it wasn't a gimme that season that he was going to get in had they done that. That sounds like a man listening to Mita Kimes and maybe even Lenny. <laughs> Mita Kimes has said that quite a bit. Yeah, Big Cat Dan's got a good one. How about putting Billy Bob in the game on offense and defense? Unstoppable in varsity blues. I think whenever you put a lineman short yard. In high school especially. Yeah, because I remember Clemson did that with the Power Rangers. They did it with Dexter Lawrence. They also did it with Christian Wilkins. It's just not many guys, man. I don't care if you are a big, bad linebacker. Now, some of them are going to take the smoke, but most guys are going to turn that down to tackle a 290-plus pound man coming in full speed because a lot of those guys can run, too. Fritz could run. Fritz, Fritz could run. I, although, I always felt bad because in the Super Bowl, they gave it to Fridge and he scored a touchdown. Yeah, Walter Payton Sweetness didn't get one. And, you know, I feel like they should have given it to Sweetness, You got to give Sweetness a right? touchdown in the Super Bowl. Come on. Now. Right. At least... Ah, man, at least first down or whatever. I forget the context and the situation, but you got to give sweetness a touchdown, man. And then you gave it to Fridge, even if it was a blowout. Uh, We have a couple of other ones here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, Couch Coach Kyle said, Dirk's one foot rainbow. It's the statue. Oh, yeah. You can't stop that that one. That was nice. Kobe and Mike in the mid game, mid range. Can't stop that one. 704. How about a Tom Chambers double pump slam in the NBA game? It's the second Tom Chambers reference today. <laughs> yeah, I brought it up when we were talking about white players. We were American white players. For some reason, <laughs> Drew was discussing how Gordon Hayward might be one of the best American white players of all time. And Fiddy was trying to bring him way down on the totem I was about pole. To set it off. But it's also, but he's also not like one of the top ten or yeah. Anything we like definitely that. got him out of like the you know the starting five. You got like four teams. Like you eight. were trying to make him out like he was a top five guy all time. And just because I'm tall doesn't mean I look like Drew. That's Drew saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the Gen Z giant. Okay. I'm the Gen Z. Okay, you're taller than average, but I'm not the giant that six foot ten Drew is. You but, know, I was thinking about when they brought up the Larry Bird fadeaway shot. You know what really sucks? What is that in today's basketball where it's just threes and layups? That shot has itself faded. You laughed. I saw it. You laughed. Nine eight zero numbers uh, said four back <laughs> dive to Mike Allstott. That was pretty tough to Dude, stop. I watched a highlight of him on Twitter yesterday. It was just a random of him just trucking people. We need fullbacks back in the NFL. Well, they're not all like Mike Allstott, though. I mean, Daryl Moose Johnson, the greatest lead blocking fullback of all time. It's funny. Anytime mm-hmm. Fiddy becomes an expert on blocking. Right. Zach, Gar- Zach Martin, very specific, too. 
I mean, Zach Martin is the best pulling guard I've ever seen in my entire you life. You stalk my damn Twitter. No, you've said that on these airlines a lot. I also tweeted it the other night. He's the best pulling guard. He like, is? Not just best guard, but they always play for Dallas. You know, <laughs> and it's terrible. He's the best lead blocking fullback I've ever seen. Sure. What separates him from Allstott? What separates him from? Because he led Navy? block for the all-time Tom leading Rathman. rusher. Mm-hmm. Tom Rath. Is that why Emmett Smith is the all-time leading rusher? I mean, if you go back and watch his moving Hall of Fame speech, he says he wouldn't have been there without yeah, Darryl Darryl Johnson, Johnson was that dude, though, man. You got to give it up. He you know was who, sick. You know who didn't have him, Fiddy? Barry Sanders, the best running back oh, of all yeah. time. <laughs> Just saying. I don't. I didn't see a Daryl Moose Johnson, the best lead blocking fullback of all time, blocking for Barry Sanders up in Detroit. Maybe had a little something to do with Emmett Smith's success. There's a lot of people rolling in. Maybe we can revisit. <laughs> we could revisit that uh, question a little bit because people are cooking. Give it up. Tram said Ric Flair's figure four leg lock. Woo. Woo! It's called woo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to something I, I do think is stoppable. Like, I know you like Derek Carr quite a bit. I, I do think Derek Carr is somewhat stoppable at some point. We did ask whether he's going to make Carolina regret passing on him, not deciding to pay him what would be something like $30 million annually and instead drafting Bryce Young. But what kind of a performance do you expect from Derek Carr in this game against Carolina? Uh, I think he's going to have a pretty solid performance. I don't know that he's going to light the world on fire, but I do expect him to have a pretty good performance. I think that Carolina will provide some pressure. Uh, as well, but I just think this secondary lacking a J.C. Horn with the options that he has, if he gets the requisite time, uh, I think he can be over 250 plus, two, three touchdown passes. I think he's capable of that. Yeah, I, I think with J.C. Horn being out, it's going to be tough to to go against that in the secondary. You're hoping that C.J. Henderson and all that talent that he had that made him a top 10 pick, that made him worth trading for, despite Jacksonville being willing to move on from him after just one year. You're hoping that that can show up somehow, but it's a good receiving core. Rashid Shahid, very good deep threat. Michael Thomas is a good guy that can extend the chains. And we also know about Chris Olave. Real quickly, just looking at the NFL schedule, is there a game to you? It doesn't have to be in the NFC South, but is there a game across the league that you think, yeah, if I had to choose one to watch, that might be the one to watch. You also can't say San Francisco. Uh <laughs> That's okay, man. I'm not going to go there, all right? Uh, I love all of the NFL, and so for my game to select, I'm going to go with Jacksonville and Kansas City in Jacksonville. That's going to be a great one because you're talking about Kansas City. This is a chance for them to show what type of team they're going to be this year, and do you have that killer instinct? Because the Chiefs are coming in at 0-1. They are reeling right now. We did see during the break, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones will be back. But if they can put the Chiefs at 0-2, as loaded as the AFC is, that could be very problematic for the Super Bowl champs. Love that mention. Cincinnati and Baltimore is going to be one as well. Yes. So division matchup, but also offenses that didn't look great. People were a little disappointed in Lamar Jackson in this new offense when I was with everybody expecting him to maybe even have a MVP performance, especially against Houston. Now, D'Amico Ryans deserves credit. Good defensive mind. But I did want Lamar just to go crazy, even without Mark Andrews. Good news is Zay Flowers looks like the real deal. Man, was he good. Joe Burrow started kind of slow last year, though, so that was the thing they were talking about with him. When you look at his first two games of last year, three touchdowns, four interceptions before he started going on a roll, so this could be kind of him shaking off the rust of not playing in the preseason. Also, awful weather in Cleveland. So, yeah, both QBs, MVP candidates, 
had bad week ones, but also there are some excuses maybe built in a little bit there. So we'll see what QB can get back on track. All right, let's go from not only college football to the NFL to, um, but instead of those, let's go to the high school scene. Wes, I know you're excited about this weekend's high school slate, and we can go to somebody to help us talk about it. All right, well, we've got Jeff Taylor joining us, sports director of Bay Hackle Sports. They've got their game of the week going tonight, Porter Ridge versus Monroe. Monroe, one of the top ten teams in the area when you talk about the Charlotte Observer Sweet 16. Jeff, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys, how are you all today? Yeah, it's uh, ready for some football. We had some last night, too, so uh, a lot to get to and uh, just a, a great, great, beautiful weather last, uh, last night tonight, so looking forward to it, man, and especially when you talk about that first one. Um, Monroe and Porter Ridge, that's our game of the week on Bay Hackle Sports, uh, and that's live streaming at 7 o'clock. You know, a lot to walk through there, but the big story there is the Monroe head coach, Johnny Sal, um, and the career he's had there, and it's led to him being uh, named as the, uh, the North Carolina coach for the Shrine Bowl that's going to be played on December the 16th down in Spartanburg. He'll be leading the North Carolina uh, squad. So tonight during the game, uh, he'll be getting a jacket, which they give to all the coaches that coach in the Shrine Bowl. So kudos to him, man. Been there for 37 years, head coach for 18 years. Um, you know, 2015, he went 16-0 and and won the 2A state championship and was named the North Carolina coach of the year. So, uh, you know, Kudos to Johnny Sal and what he's done there. Like you said, you know, they're three and one on the season. You know, three wins, they've scored 56, 48, and 70 points. And their three wins, they have two shutouts and given up seven points. So they come in on a roll. And Porter Ridge, you know, they come in 4 0. And Porter Ridge, um, no issues on the offensive side of the ball. They're putting up more than 40 points. They're giving up less than, uh, they're only allowing seven. Uh, I know Coach Hurt uh, from his days back at Providence High School when he ran the D. Um, that's a good defensive ball team. So we're going to have quite a, uh, a matchup tonight, uh, and we'll see what gives there. But, uh, yeah, I like Monroe tonight. I think that, you know, with all the emotion of Coach uh, Sal and what's going on there, um, you know, I think I think Monroe gets a win tonight. And, Jeff, when you talk about the, the Shrine Bowl process, you guys are going to have a Shrine Bowl selection show. How has that changed over the years? I know that they have a Shrine Bowl combine for kids to be able to showcase themselves because when I was coming out, the coaches for said teams made their selections. And it was a little bit of politics. We talked about this earlier. <laughs> yeah, the fishbowl, a lot of them would go with guys in their area or their players. So has it become more of a, a nuanced process for these coaches where they can't really kind of steer towards their players and players around the area that they're the most familiar with? Yeah, I think I think the latter. I think it's gone away from the politics a little bit more. You know, the, the process is now that, you know, the coaches from the schools – from every high school will put forth a couple players. And then you have the select coaches that will be coaching the North Carolina side and the South Carolina side, which the South Carolina coach is Wayne Farmer. He's uh, from Calhoun County, been there since 2018. He's been coaching for 35 years. But that coaching staff that he assembles then takes the nominees, they look through tape, they figure out things, and then they send out the invitations from there. The cool part about it now is the fact that nobody's going to know who the rosters are until uh, we have our selection show at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, you can live stream that on BayHackleSports.com. And listen, the Panthers don't play it on Monday, so if you're looking for some high school news, you can check it out You know, Sunday at 1. But it's become a lot less about the politics. Sure, there might be some involved at the end of the day, but it's really gotten to a process now where they're looking at the kids, um, not only what they do on the field, but what they do off the field. So um, I think the process has really become a lot less um, political. All right, Jeff. Help me out here, man. We, we got to help our man out in West Bryant because he's been complaining about this and he was doing it before the show. He's still hurt that he was not a selection 
at the Shrine Bowl for to play in the Shrine Bowl when he was a high school football player, okay? <laughs> and so we know that the coaches, they're going to be picking the high school players, and that's fine. But, Jeff, I'm asking you to correct a wrong that happened 20 years ago, even more than 20 years ago. Can you make Wes Bryant – Former Chambers High School player, an honorary selection to play in the Shrine Bowl, just to make sure he gets some closure after not being selected all that time ago. I will. Uh, I will make the nomination. I will bring it to the uh, coach's attention, mm. and we will see what we can do. Obviously, yes, a, a great player uh, in his time, uh, a great a radio guy, a, a, a great radio guy now. So, yeah. Well, I'll see what I can do to see what we can write that wrong. Jeff, we can't do it twice. I appreciate it. If, if West doesn't get picked for a second time after, it's going to be tough. I don't know if he's going to come into work on Monday. Please, I'm begging you. It, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on it and see if you do end up making West Bryant. Keep, keep, keep an eye on my social media. I'll let you know. Ah, perfect. Yes, right. that's exactly what we are going to do. It's Jeff Taylor of Bayhackle Sports joining us right here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeff, talk to us about the Huff Kicker setting a national record for most field goals in his career. How special was that for that to happen in the area? That's big time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. And let me just preface this by saying that I was a kicker in high school and college. So any of the kicking stuff I love. But, you know, no one. Did you get selected to the Shrine Bowl, Jeff? I did. I, I did not. Damn. <laughs> but I never missed. But I never missed an extra point in high school or college. I will go that route. And my Impressive. Longest field goal, my longest field goal was forty-eight yards. So there we go. Uh, but enough about me. <laughs> I am. I am hurt. But I, Virginia back in the day didn't have that. So there we go. Um, but you know, for, for Nolan and what he's done, you know, um, not only to, to break the record, he it was at fifty-six. But last night against North Mex, he made the fifty-seventh, which was a record breaker. And it wasn't 20-30. It was a 48-yarder. And, you know, uh, our John Treach was there. He was straight down the middle. And so to do that in, in today's, um, you know, in today's world where, you know, you've got high-powered offenses who are scoring touchdowns left and right and defense doing the same, for, you know, a young man to come through and, and make 57 field goals, you know, that's where it stands right now. So who knows what it'll be at the end of the year. But to do that during four years of high school, he's heading to Clemson. I know after he made the tiebreaker, um, the 56th one, you know, uh, Debo Sweeney called him. I'm not sure if Dabo called him last night. I'm sure he has, but um, that, that that's just impressive. All right, Jeff. Well, you guys have the great show coming on the Blitz at 11 o'clock on Bay Hackle Sports. You can also stream it on YouTube and other platforms as well. What do you guys have cooking up for tonight? Well, believe it or not, between last night and tonight, we will have covered 18 games um, and 36 teams. So uh, we're we're out and about, but you know, just some great. Um, you know, you got to check out West Mech, the highlights from last night. And, I mean, I'm sorry, West Charlotte. Um, the highlight last night um, against Mallard Creek. Um, you know, they had a great goal line stand. But you got great games coming up tonight. And, you know, the cool part was a lot of the big teams played last night or you know, more of the local area. But tonight we're getting out to, uh, you know, Chapel Hill is traveling to Weddington. We got Alexander at Sun Valley. You know, we're, we're going to South Rowan. Um, you know, we got Hickory Ridge, Morrisville, South Iredale. So we're getting a lot of teams tonight that, you know, um, because all the other schools played last night. So it gives us an opportunity to get out tonight and get to some of the schools we don't always get to. And that's the great part sometimes about high school football is getting to those teams that we don't get a chance to. But, yeah, 18 games, uh, 36 teams, um, um, we're, ready to, we're ready to roll. Check out their game of the week, Porter Ridge at Monroe. It's going to be on BayHackleSports.com, also on uh, YouTube and other platforms as well. Check out the Blitz so you can get all of the highlights. That was Jeff Taylor, sports anchor and reporter and director of BayHackle Sports. You can follow him on Twitter 
at JT Bay Hackle Sports. Jeff, we'll catch up with you next week. All right, guys. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the high school, college, and pro football. All right, man. We appreciate that. There he is with our high school football sandwich for the week. It didn't seem good that he was going to select you, Wes. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, man. You know, but and the thing was, I knew that I probably wasn't going to be selected because it was three of us and you could only have two guys. And you're going back to when it was. You yeah, out of man, I, I figured I was going to be odd man out, but they only selected one of us. We had the number one senior quarterback in the state. We had the number one overall recruit in the state and then myself, which I was in that top 15, 20 as well. And so they only chose uh, one of us overall. So the politics were definitely heavy at play right there. Well, look, Jeff, I mean, we talked to him about it. He has a chance to right a wrong in North Carolina high school sports history. <laughs> and I gave him that opportunity. He seemed a little hesitant. Yeah. He said to follow him on Twitter. I mean, may, you're going to have to decide whether that's going to suffice if he makes that decision on Twitter and not on actual on the actual event of the Shrine Bowl selection process. So I try to make it happen for your Wes. I'm trying to that, right man. a wrong, too. But I don't know if it's going to happen. I appreciate that. Do we have time for a flash? We're going to take it to the final. Nope, Fitty said no. We're not flashing All at right, all. All right, we're Fitty's not flashing, flashing at all. The shirt is down. Yep. So when we come back, we're going to close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. How many more weeks of this song do we have here, Fitting? Uh, the, the World Series ends the first week of November, so about uh, about six. Oh, so we're going through the postseason and not just the Mets season. Because the Mets aren't going to make the World Series. Or the postseason. Yeah. So I guess that's my question. But you know, <laughs> since the Braves fans wanted to claim the song as theirs last year, We'll play it for them this year when they have another early exit in October. Are they going to have another early exit? <laughs> yeah. Leo Mazzoni's got him winning. I heard him on the Kyle Bailey show. You can catch coming up next. Was that Leo Mazzoni or was it Jim Salania? It was Leo Mazzoni. You sure? Because they sound a lot alike. Yeah, I guess. What if Leo <laughs> yeah, was just bit. sober Jim? Uh, that'd be okay. I don't know how to respond to that, to be honest <laughs> with you. I guess that's possible. I guess that's possible. With that... Let's go to the week that was on Wesson Walker. Oh, man. <laughs> if I were to take a straw poll and ask what the week that was highlights entering this week would have entailed, I don't think anybody would have suggested Willie P's meat would have made it on to the week that was. Not once. 
But they got brought up twice. Goodness the first gracious. one, though, it was kind of Walker just asking to see Willie P's juicy brisket. We've made a lot of fun of Willie P's brisket over the last year or so. Oh, no. After he put some photos up on his Twitter last 4th of July that weren't very uh, appealing to those of us that consume barbecue. Well, over the weekend, Willie P was back doing the brisket thing, and he had a message for you guys. Yeah, it's not dry, fam. Not dry at all. Biddy, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. It's probably, so in its, head. it's probably the biggest influence you've ever had on anything. It's <laughs> the fact that you are the one, because you're the one that created it. I was doing the show with you, and you said, ah, oh, that brisket looked a little dry. And he was in there saying, it has the juice. And he was squeezing it. And you said, ah, oh, looked a little dry. And now here we are over a year later where he still is on brisket reclamation project. Hey, look at my juicy brisket. Look at it. Scarred the man for life. <laughs> he redeemed himself. He had a point to prove, man. He was determined. Michael Jordan-like determination for Willie P. He redeemed himself. He had Fiddy try his brisket, and Fiddy gave it the stamp of approval online and then people started to roll in with some more hate because you know it was about to happen at some point but fitty did give it the thumbs up the stamp of approval even if he did juice it maybe he juiced it nothing wrong with that brisket bonds maybe that <laughs> happened but it still looks pretty good yeah because you know willie came in tuesday for his weekly spot and he brought in a piece of his brisket that i did give the stamp of approval and According to our very own William Eugene Palachik, I just wanted to eat his meat. If you give Fitty brisket, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be the one that says, hey, guys, you want some? No, nah, he's going to hold that, especially if it's good. Well, it, the, his thing was, he was always like, oh, I'm, you, you never let me taste your meat, et cetera, and so on. And oh I'm sitting God. there, and I'm like, I, I, you're such a hard marker when it comes to that kind of thing. I needed to perfect it in order to make sure that it was okay for him. No, I think that's fair. I think you needed to perfect your meat before Fiddy ate it. Sure. I think that's totally fair and not in any way crazy or inappropriate. <laughs> Shroppy was dying. You were too. But Shroppy came in for that segment alone. He just wanted to be here for the brisket tasting. And all he did was laugh and laugh and laugh and then exit. Did you notice how nothing happened when he walked in? There wasn't a handing of any paper to tell you any information. All he did was go in the back, hang out for Willie's segment, and then bounce. Hey, see you guys. Peace. Shroppy, one of a kind. That segment, really one of a kind. <laughs> That's hilarious. AJ with one of my favorite texts. He says, one of my favorite parts of the show is when Fiddy starts talking. And you can hear a faint, oh, God, come from Walker. It's so accurate. It's very You're accurate. Just like, oh God. Yeah, you can hear it. It's a little faint. It's like in the background because I know something reckless is about to happen. And then one of my other favorite things about the show is when Wes enters dad mode. And we got, <laughs> we got Daddy Wes on Wednesday when talking about the driving habits of some people in the rain. I do believe that it's more beneficial for you to drive faster in the rain than slower. Oh, my God. You're the reason why <laughs> when I'm trying to take my son to school, 
I got to go through four different traffic jams because people want to drive in the rain like it's doggone 85 degrees outside. I can't stand it. I'm sitting there like, where are the police when you need them? I hate to see the guy flying down the road when it's pouring down rain because I know that 15 or 20 minutes later, I'm going to be sitting in 15 or 20 minutes of traffic because some idiot can't drive in the rain. Charlotte, when it rains, forget about it. Oh, you just struck a nerve with Wes. Yeah, for sure. You're the guy. You're that guy. I'm that guy, Wes. (laughs) Wes had a prepared take on bad driving in the rain off the rip. He pulled that out of the holster ready to fire, and he did it flawlessly. If you go play that rant, that was as well executed a rant Wes has had because of how prepared he was to hate on people driving like you, Fitty, when it's wet outside. Yeah, man, and the thing is, too, it was so just on my toes because as soon as he said it, it just sparked it, and then it just all came out. It was so organic because... That was one of probably, Fitty, that will probably go down as one of the worst things that you say uh, on this show about it's more beneficial to drive fast in the rain. Like every driving instructor in America (laughs) would tell you you are living on another planet if you think it's okay to drive fast in the rain. It's so true that we overlooked just how wrong a statement that was because you were ready to fire how angry you were. Yeah. It's like, wait, let's actually acknowledge how awful that is. You know... They say it's actually better to drive faster in the rain than slower. <laughs> right. And then you have firemen so triggered they're texting into the show. No, Fitty. That's false. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte, when it rains hard, you can expect when you go out that you're going to be delayed wherever you're going by at least 20 to 25 minutes because of there's going to be an idiot dum-dum. <laughs> Another text sound like when I use dum-dum. Okay. It's going to be a dum-dum that caused some wreck because he went to the Fitty School of Driving. Watch out for the big white truck with the Mint City Collective sticker yes. on the back. There's a guy in there who can't see very well, <laughs> and he likes to drive fast in the rain, if so get out from around him. If there is a driver squinting, hovered over the wheel <laughs> at 10 and 2, driving 80 <laughs> miles per hour in the rain, especially that in is a, Fitty. Especially at a Zaxby's parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> a Zaxby's drive through Be careful when you're ordering your wings and things. And God forbid he's in the left lane on a right-hand exit where Zaxby's is, because he will cut over in about three seconds worth of time. Bang! Oh, no. Got to get the Zach sauce. <laughs> Let me get these wings and things. That'll do it for the week that was. Fiddy, or do yeah. we have another highlight? That, All right, that's so it. We got to make our picks. Let's do it. Oh. Wes and Walker pick them. Minnesota at North Carolina. You and I both, Wes, thought that this had the highest potential for an upset. Are you going to go with it? Uh, I'm going to go with the Tar Heels to pull this one out. I feel like they're more balanced. We'll see if Drake May can get those stats up and rolling. But I think Carolina's run game at home, I think offensively they'll have just enough to beat Minnesota. What you got, Fitty? I got the Heels 28-24. Drake May makes the plays late. I like North Carolina to win in this one at home as well. It's a clean sweep there. We're going to continue the homerism in the Carolina picking. Carolina's picking Duke at home against Northwestern. Video, I'll allow you the first chance. Yeah, give me the nerds from the south over the nerds <laughs> from the Midwest. Yeah. Duke by a lot. I got Duke. Big time nerd battle for sure. And I do have the nerds from the South as well, like how you put it. Charlotte hosting Georgia State. I'll go first. You already know what it is. Stogie with Pogey? Stogies with Pogey. And Georgia State whooped UConn last week. Yeah. Whooped them. We ain't UConn. Yeah, I'm going Georgia State, man. I'm sorry. I just think they're too potent offensively. The quarterback play from Charlotte leaves a lot to be desired. 
That's tough to hear, to be honest with you. Who are you going with? <laughs> Charlotte at home with a Walker Gunderson male in attendance. Give me the Niners in an upset. I will right. show up in a cutoff on Monday if they get that victory. App State. Okay, you said it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, get ready for the gun show or the noodle show, as they say. <laughs> App State hosting ECU. Wes, you go first on this. Going one. App State, angry bunch after losing to Carolina. Fitty? I really want to pull, I really want to pick East Carolina, but. They're degenerate NC State closet fans. They're going to climb up the mountain. Give me the Mountaineers by two scores. <laughs> I, I apologize. I forgot who texted this in, but somebody said, hand up. Mason Garcia sucks. Sorry. Thought he was good. Yeah, that's tough for Mason Garcia. I'm going to go with App State as well. Georgia at South Carolina. Anybody got the Gamecocks pulling off the No, upset? sir. Georgia. Nah. I agree. Dogs by 90. All right. That'll do it for the college football pick'em segment to end the week for Wesson Walker. Keep it right here, folks. Kyle Bailey coming up next with Smoke Ludwig Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.